Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Oh my gosh, my headphones are so loud. Hang on a sec. I'm in studio, like the real studio. How is everybody in radio deaf? Turn the volume down and save your hearing. Good Lord. Wow. Wow. This sucker was up on eight. Good Lord. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> it is Eric Erickson here. I feel like I'm yelling at myself in my ears. Erickson, why are you so loud? The phone number here is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I, I, I got to... I got to deal with the the Democratic dilemma, um, if you will, and I realize if you're a Democratic person listening, believe it or not, man, they listen because I get hate mail all the time. Uh, Oh, by the way, I would like to uh, I would like to wish Willie Nelson happy 420 day. Uh, I hope he has some good brownies. Uh, (laughs) um, We got to talk about the Democratic dilemma because I actually am just as a student of politics. I am fascinated by what's going on here. Now, let me back up and and let me start from from a way to personally connect to this. So, uh, I'm in studio today. Normally, I do the show uh, out of my home studio. It's it's been a real blessing to be able to work out of my house, given my wife's health and and dealing with the kids and stuff. If if she is worn out, I can get the kids from school, things like that. And and so I come up to the studio about every other week or so. I try because you never know um, who's here, who's not, who's who's been hired, who's been fired, who's quit. Good lord, uh, <laughs> last twenty four hours. Um, but when I leave, when I when I'm not there, so I we put up clips on YouTube and and Facebook, Instagram, and in the studio I don't have a camera set up to be able to do that. So Philip, who runs the digital side of the operation, says, you know, make sure you record things so when you're gone, I'll continue to roll out clips on social media so people are coming back every day. You don't want people to forget to come back. You want to get them in the habit of coming. It's it's good for the show. It's good for revenue. It's good for all that stuff. And, and you plan. Say, all right, I'm going on vacation these days, so I need to cut up these clips and leave them and make the, I need to do a couple of monologues here and there. Yeah, everybody in radio does this. I need to do some some monologues that are timeless so that they can be dropped in if we have a best of show on one of those days. And it'll sound fresh. It won't be dated because it won't be specifically on current events. And you do that. You, you plan. You plan like this. You know. Your roof is going to need to be replaced in in two years. So you start putting a little money aside every month in the bank account and your savings account. You hope you don't want to have to put it on your credit card if if you're doing good planning. You're setting a little money aside. You know it's going to cost twenty, thirty thousand, maybe fifteen, depending on the size of your house. It's gotten more expensive these days. Good gracious. And so you put a little money aside every month. And you know, at some point the roof is going to need to be replaced. I want to have the money available. You do that. I do that. Everybody plans for the future. Very few people fly by the seat of their pants. When you're the president of the United States and there are easily foreseeable situations in the future, you would think you would plan. I got to ask, how is Joe Biden 
a man who has been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years, and Ron Klain, his chief of staff, who was the chief of staff for uh, Joe Biden as vice president, the chief of staff for Vice President Al Gore, the chief of staff for Attorney General Janet Reno, a prominent international lawyer. How have they been caught so flat-footed and inept? I mean, they really are. So my wife hates this description. She has more than once admonished me, and I have to apologize because I can't get away from it because it is the most vivid description I have, and I talked about it in the same way with certain Donald Trump supporters as I do with Biden supporters, the leg humpers. You've all seen the, the videos of the little chihuahuas that get on their owner's leg and go to town, and that's what these people are like. They're, they're little chihuahua leg humpers. Uh, Trump had them, Obama certainly had them, and Biden has them, like John Harwood at CNN. During the during the Carter administration, people would talk about how, oh, poor Jimmy Carter, all of these events are out of his control. He can't he he can't get a break. The world is out to get him. It's not his fault. He, he's, these events can't be managed. They can't be controlled. And now John Harwood. Uh, leg humper in chief for Joe Biden is doing the same thing. Oh, poor Joe Biden, inflation and gas and crime and COVID. He can't do anything. He can't control Joe Manchin. He can't control Kristen Sinema. It's not his fault. You know what they did? If history is any judge, if you go back to the Carter administration, what they then did is they pivoted to say, well, you know what it is? The nation's too unwieldy. It's too big for one man. We need a president for international affairs. We need a prime minister for domestic affairs or some such. We need a new constitutional arrangement because it's just too big for one person. Whenever there's an incompetent Democrat in the White House, the media starts talking about how too big and diverse and, and disagreeable and unwieldy the nation is. And, and we need a couple of Democrats in charge instead of just one. You never get that when it's a Republican in charge, but you do when the media tries to make excuses for the Democrats. And and I guarantee you that's where we're going to head. But in the meantime, in the here and now, how are they this inept? If you are a Democrat listening to this program, you're yelling at me right now. I can't feel you in the force because your life force has been corrupted by being such Democratic partisans. But I'm, I'm sure you're out there yelling at me right now. They're not inept. Look at all the things they've done. Look at all the wonderful things. Look at the economy. The economy is great. Look at what they're doing. Except it's not real. I realize you as a partisan believe it's going well. I, I realize you believe Joe Biden is doing good things. The problem is no one outside your bubble believes it. Title 42 is going to expire. They've known it was going to expire. Now, listen, as I said the other day, I feel a little bit of of sympathy for Joe Biden on this to a degree because Title 42 is premised on a pandemic. If the pandemic is over, Title 42 has got to go away. Definitionally, Title 42 has to go away if the pandemic is over because Title 42 is premised on global pandemics. If Joe Biden says it's over, then Title 42 has got to go away. They got But here's the thing. They saw last summer when Title 42 was in effect, they saw last summer the overwhelming deluge at the border. They saw all the people coming across the border last summer. 
They saw the the ICE facilities, the Immigration Customs, Customs Enforcement, ICE, their facilities overwhelmed. They saw COVID-positive illegal aliens being released into the wild, and it became a national scandal. It probably is what actually started Biden's unpopularity trend, and then Afghanistan hit, and it just compounded everything. But you could see it then and there. That was with Title 42. How have they not sat down and said, okay, by the summer of 2022, Title 42 has got to go away? How have, how have they not come up with a plan to deal with the situation? How have they not gone to Congress and said, look, Title 42 has to go away because the pandemic has come to an end. We need to boost our funding for detention facilities, and we need to expand the number of detention facilities or we're going to be overwhelmed at the border. You could have gotten bipartisan support for extra funding for that. You could have, but you didn't even try. Or the mask mandate. So the Biden administration is going to appeal. The CDC says we no longer need the mask mandate now. But we might need the mask mandate in the future. So they've asked the Biden administration to appeal the judge in Florida so that they can bring the mask mandate back. But they're actually saying we don't actually want to bring it back. We want to preserve the power to possibly bring it back. So we're not going to seek an injunction against the order or a stay of the order so that you can keep not wearing your mask. The president of the United States himself was asked about this the other day. Continue to wear masks on planes. That's up to them. Within five hours of the president of the United States saying it was up to them, up to the people themselves, whether or not they wore masks, the Biden administration decided to appeal the judge's ruling so that everyone would have to go back to masks. But then they said, we don't actually want you to go back to masks. We just want to appeal to preserve the power to put you back in masks if we want to put you back in masks in the future. It's a terribly mixed message. How did they not plan for that? Essentially, every problem the Biden administration has is not because it's out of their control or because the country is too ungovernable. The problem is because they failed to anticipate the basics, the blocking and tackling of politics, the, the policies that would be coming. They failed to calendar in the foreseeable events. You don't know. Like, for example, we don't know when the second coming is going to happen. We have no idea when Jesus Christ is going to show up in the clouds. We got it could, It's not going to be tomorrow or next week. We can fairly well say that probably not within the next year. But two years from now, a decade from now, we have no idea. But we know we got things to do in the meantime. Go forth as you go. You witness, you preach, you share the gospel, all that. You as a Christian, you plan for this. He's coming back. We got to get ready. You as a banker understand interest rates are eventually going to go up. How? What do we put in place now to get ready for when interest rates go up? You, you as a homeowner, you understand uh, things are going to happen to your house. You got to start banking on things now. You got to start setting money aside. You got to anticipate future events. The Biden administration has failed to anticipate future events. How are they that inept? We're not talking about someone who accidentally became president of the United States. We're not. We're talking about a man who served in Washington for 50 years, including as eight years as vice president of the United States. And his chief of staff, the man who kind of runs things for him, Ron Klain, 
chief of staff to the attorney general of the United States, chief of staff twice to two separate vice presidents of the United States, now chief of staff to the president of the United States. And they haven't anticipated any of these things. They haven't anticipated that Title 42 would go away. Let's come up with a plan now for when it goes away. I mean, they're just careening in a clown bumper car from disaster to disaster of their own making. It's just, I mean, here's Chuck Todd uh, analyzing this on MSNBC. Listen to him on this. If you got on a plane or a train or really any form of public transportation today, you probably noticed a pretty big change. Yesterday afternoon, a Trump-appointed federal judge in Florida struck down the administration's federal mask mandate for travelers just days after the Center for Disease Control extended it through early May. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki called the ruling disappointing, but the White House has not yet appealed the ruling. They claim it's something for the Department of Justice to look into. Already the TSA, major airline carriers, Amtrak, Uber, Lyft, all others have dropped their mask requirements essentially the second the, uh, the White House decided not to appeal. Folks, it's one thing for a Trump judge to strike down an order from the Biden White House, but it's an entirely different thing for the White House to let it happen without any legal pushback. And it's not the first time recently that something hasn't gone the White House's way. They don't fight back. They don't defend their rationale. They just give you the, um, the emoji shrug. We saw it when the Supreme Court struck down their vaccine mandate for large employers. We saw it when West Virginia's Joe Manchin essentially scrapped the president's entire domestic agenda in Congress. We may even be seeing it with the ongoing intra-party fight on Title 42. The Biden administration, with the full power and prestige of the presidency, with his party's power in Congress on the line this November, has repeatedly looked as if they're easy to roll. Yes. I mean, you're not talking about novices here. You're not. And people will say that, well, you know, but I mean, he was from he was from Delaware and, and I mean, in one party state. And yeah, but he was a United States senator in a leadership position in the United States Senate. And you can say, well, it's dementia. OK, but what about Ron Klain? These people are really bad. And I'm going to call it a game. And I know that offends some people, but the game of politics, they're really bad at it. They're really, really bad at it. And I always kind of knew Biden wasn't good at it. I just never expected him to be this bad at it. You are in the prime position. You are the literally the most powerful man in the free world. And you're getting played by everyone domestically, left, right, and center. So, of course, world leaders are going to be looking at this thing and, well, we can play you too. Oh, wait, Vladimir Putin already figured that one out. Hello there. It's Eric Erickson here. Now, listen, uh, I, I got to say this because because I see the emails from some people who, are, who say they're not inept. It's all on purpose. It's all part of a master plan. So their master plan is to turn Hispanic voters against the Democratic Party and have a Republican wave in November. That's the master plan. That's that's what they're doing on purpose. See, this is this is the thing. Um, I honestly think that I don't want to say it pejoratively because I don't mean it that way. But I I think that people sometimes you you can't conceive of people being inept, and so we're left with a strange dichotomy. Where those of you yelling at me on the radio right now saying it's not inept, it's on purpose, you also think Joe Biden has dementia. So you think the dementia patient 
is planning this out. No, no, you say. It's, it's actually Ron Klain or, or other people in the White House who are planning this out, and it's three-dimensional chess. Really, it's it's three-dimensional chess because I can I, what is going to happen next is totally foreseeable. Their game of three-dimensional chess that you all think is on purpose is going to get a Republican landslide in November. And how is that going to help them block more federal judges from getting appointed because we'll have the Senate? Uh, block their legislation, uh, forcing them to come to hearings. When you when you go below the superficial talking points that a lot of people have, it's all Alinsky, you idiot. Can't you understand? They read rules for radicals, and I read it too, and it's on page 27 of the book. Sometimes, objectively, I think we ourselves get into a little conservative talk radio bubble where we tell ourselves things and I get to be the turd in the punch bowl to make sure you understand it's not actually uh, the way we've convinced ourselves. Sometimes they really are inept and all you have to do is is talk to people behind the scenes, Democrat and Republican alike, and, and you will hear, no, no, these people, they really, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, you can believe that some sort of sinister three-dimensional chess plan, and it's all on purpose, but then you really do have to answer, um, they're going to get a Republican wave in November. Was that part of their plan? Because if not, their plan screwed up. And if their plan screwed up, it's because they're inept and they couldn't carry out their plan. Look, I agree, never let a crisis go to waste. The problem is they're letting the crisis go to waste. They're letting the crisis go to waste because they saw the backlash last year. They're, they're going to get another one. It's going to be bad. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you would like to be a part of this year program, is 877-973-7425. How about we go take a phone call here? I'm going to go first to Roger calling. Roger, you're up first. Welcome. How are you? Very good, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, just a comment on your last segment there uh, when you were talking about uh, the Democrats, uh, you know, screwing up and, and just, uh, you know, you know, there's plans out there that they are, you know, maybe doing it on purpose. But I'd like your definition of what a progressive Democrat is. Isn't a progressive somebody that knows that they are going to take maybe three three steps forward? and know that when they lose an election that they will not lose those entire three steps but will at least gain something towards their end goal. Yeah, that that's a fair point. Uh, they're going to try to gain something. The, the problem here, though, is that they haven't enacted anything that's not immediately reversible by the next Republican president. So, for example, uh, Ted Kennedy is probably the epitome of progressives. Ted Kennedy, back in 1970, started talking about universal health care. And that the government would eventually need to have a universal health care plan. And the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, he slowly and incrementally over time worked with Republicans, no less, to add a little more and a little more and a little more. And eventually you couldn't roll it all back. The problem with the progressives now is they're the college kid progressives who maybe they've read Marx, maybe they've read some German atheist and they want it all here and now, and they're not playing the slow and incremental game, which makes their gains very, very hard to get. Obama could get 
uh, universal health care, one, because they got to 60 in the Senate. People forget that one. And two, because Ted Kennedy, working with Republicans over 34 years, paved the way to do it. The immediate grab it all now and, and go thing doesn't work when it's all by executive order, which is what the Democrats have got at this point. Uh, you, you, you make a fair point there that, yes, progressives like to progress and know we're never going to roll it all back. The problem is they haven't progressed at all under the Biden administration. The best they've gotten is a bipartisan infrastructure plan for which the progressives mostly voted against it. They haven't gotten anything. They've forgotten how to play the game. That's why I say it's ineptitude. When you look at you look at all of the the, the progressive Democrats of of the day, whether you look at Jimmy Carter, uh, who I mean, even current people like Dianne Feinstein, who's perceived now as a moderate but was pretty liberal by then, or Barbara Boxer, who's no longer there, who who left a few years ago, was replaced by Kamala Harris. They incrementally over time laid foundations, knowing we can't get it immediately. The public's not there yet. And so the result was when the time came for them to solidify and lock into place, there was no rolling it back because we already had so much of it. With progressives today, the young the young gun progressives, the the AOCs, the uh, in the Senate, the um, Cory Bookers of the world and stuff, they haven't laid any groundwork. They haven't built any bipartisan goodwill, and they can't overcome the filibuster. They want to try – don't get me wrong. They they want to legislate this stuff and lock it in. They can't get rid of the filibuster, so they can't do it. And they haven't been smart about how to do it uh, around the corners. They haven't been smart about how to do it uh, in the shadows. They haven't been smart about this stuff. They, they've been fairly inept. They have the presidency of the United States. The president could come up with some bipartisan plans to get stuff. So, so for example, so, for example, let's say a uh, they, they – they say Title 42 has got to come to an end. A federal judge, let's say a Trump-appointed judge to give Biden a headache, says, you know what? The pandemic's over. Title 42 has got to expire. They could go to Congress tomorrow. The Democrats could go to Congress tomorrow, and they could say, look, we're about to have a flood of people coming in. We need a massive expansion of the federal bureaucracy at the border to help them. The Democrats could take credit for hiring all these people in South Texas, Arizona, Nevada, or New Mexico, California's Border Patrol agents. Suddenly you've got an expanded federal bureaucracy, and these employees owe their jobs to Joe Biden. They're not doing that. Or then you've got all these people uh, in lockdown along the border in these facilities, and the Biden administration says, okay, now that they're here, we've got to deal with them. Y'all have expanded the facilities, but we can't leave them there forever, so – now we're going to have to let them out. We need solutions. Growing calls for amnesty. They're, they're not doing any of the stuff you would expect them to do. And I know some of you think, well, they've got behind the scenes some level of sinister motivation to be able to do this, and they've got some dark plan we don't know about. I'm, I'm telling you all, you talk to people in Washington, and I do, Democrat and Republican, talk to progressive leaders in Washington, D.C., and they're beside themselves on the ineptitude of the White House. They want to do the things I'm talking about. They want to lay traps for the Republicans that you and I both know darn well. Republicans are inept too, and they'll fall into these traps. The progressives all the time run circles around the GOP, and they're not right now. They're not because the Biden administration is out to lunch. They, they, they are so toast, and they're starting to realize it.
I'm just I'm I'm flabbergasted by how incompetent these people have become. How did they get so bad at politics? Now, look, when Barack Obama was president, this is something you, you've got to be able to nuance and distinguish here. We're, we're not talking in, in bright colors here. We're not black and white here. When Barack Obama was president, they had 60 seats in the Senate. They could get Obamacare passed with those 60 seats, and they knew it. They said otherwise. But if you talk to them privately to this day, they'll tell you, yeah, they knew the, the public was going to eat them for lunch. But they knew that once it was locked into place, that there was no way the Republicans were going to repeal it, and they were willing to take the hit. They knew they would have the filibuster, and Republicans wouldn't be able to to get rid of it. They knew it. They knew it by design, and they were willing to fall on their sword to do what they wanted to do. Right now, they're all falling on their sword for what? Nothing. They haven't gotten anything done. They can't get Build Back Better passed. They can't get the For the People Act passed. They can't get the Equality Rights Act passed. They can't get any of their major initiatives passed, all the things they want. And the Biden administration is too inept behind the scenes. And and part of the issue here is the Biden administration knows what's going to happen. They're at least smart enough to realize that. During the Trump administration, the Democrats ran to federal judges in progressive states. And those federal judges not only enjoined the Republican legislation from Donald Trump or the Republican executive orders, but they did it with nationwide injunctions. They made it impossible for Trump to quickly do anything he wanted to do by tamping the brakes through nationwide injunctions. And now the same thing is happening to the Democrats. And Trump-appointed judges are taking the precedence of the Democratic-appointed judges, and they're doing the same thing. And if you will recall, if you you were a longtime listener to this program, back in 2017, 2018, when Democratic judges in Hawaii and California and Washington State were issuing injunctions and say, no, no, you can't do this, you got to stop, the Democrats— I was telling them, you're setting precedents. You're setting precedents. You're not going to be able to stop it. Republicans are going to do this too. The precedent you're setting today is going to be used against you tomorrow. You should be careful. No, 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 no. They said it was the right thing to do, and they rushed gung-ho in, and they set all these precedents, and here come the Republican judges doing the same thing, and now suddenly it matters. Aaron Blake at the Washington Post today. The Biden administration's mask mandate for airplanes and public transportation might be going out with a whimper rather than a bang. Asked about the decision by a U.S. district judge halting the mandate this week, President Biden was somewhat noncommittal about whether people should keep masking. Up to them, he said, and whether the federal government would appeal the ruling. There's certainly something to be said for Biden having this difficult political decision taken out of his hands, even as public opposition to this particular policy might be overstated. But the method also matters. A single district judge in Florida effectively ended a policy nationwide. This is something usually called a national, nationwide, or universal injunction, or in this case, technically a vacator, that has happened with increasing frequency in recent years. 
and the trend has spurred a discussion about whether it's good for our system of government for individual judges to wield such power so frequently. The argument against it had been the territory of Democrats during the Obama administration when Republican attorneys general sought and obtained objunctions to halt liberal policies they didn't like, including protection for children of undocumented immigrants and transgender students. Then, with Donald Trump often stretching the authorities of the federal government in novel ways, it happened with even greater frequency during his administration. At various points, judges halted Trump's travel ban, his withholding of funds from so-called sanctuary cities, and his transgender military ban, among many others. And now it comes for Biden's policies. They're suddenly outraged. They're suddenly paying attention to the judges. It's just, it, it's, it's an interesting, fascinating subject to me to watch these people flounder like this. And you know what's also interesting and fascinating to me, actually, are the number of people who think it's part of a big plan. There are Democrats who think the same thing, that all of this is part of a big plan, that there's a master plan at work, there's a master scheme, that the progressives are doing something and we're all going to be surprised. Maybe we will be surprised by what they do. Maybe we will. Maybe they will find a way to get the whole kit and caboodle done. But I don't see it right now. I don't see it right now. And those of you who think it's got to be a master plan, y'all are used to smart progressives. Y'all are used to longtime Democratic operatives. Y'all are used to people who believed in incremental gains. And now we're in the age of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who wants to ban cows. We're in the age of Kamala Harris. We're in the age of Joe Biden. We're in the age of people who think they're smart and they're praised by the media. And I actually think there's something to this. They're praised by the media, can be told they do no wrong, and actually they're not very deep, thoughtful people. They really don't understand the way the world works. Progressives got so used to making so many gains and their succeeding generations are idiots who don't know how to navigate the system to get stuff done. They're just they're 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 not very smart people. And now Deep Thoughts by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They want to say what about the surge? Well, First of all, just gut check, stop. Anyone who is using the term surge around you consciously is trying to invoke a militaristic frame. And that's a problem because this is not a surge. These children, they are not insurgents. We are not being invaded, which, by the way, is a white supremacist idea philosophy. The idea that if another is coming in the population, that this is like an invasion of who we are. That was Deep Thoughts by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm telling you, we're, we're not dealing with old school progressives here. We're dealing with idiots like that. And they got the media on their side. They've got Hollywood on their side. They got the universities on their side. And they're struggling because they're just not that smart. This is the participation trophy generation. So I understand everybody. We're all used to seeing progressives be ruthless 
and be able to take gains. And we're used to seeing Republicans cave and cower and compromise and capitulate and fear. But we were used to progressives who actually understood they had to relate to the American people to get things done. And they could talk in ways that the American people were related to. And now, now we got that. Now we got that. We also have better fighters on our side. Like Patriot Mobile, for example, you know, they give a portion of their profits to the conservative movement to advance the conservative cause. So you're not alone now. You've got you've got companies like Patriot Mobile that give to the First Amendment cause, the Second Amendment cause, the pro-life cause, the veteran cause, the first responder cause. They fight to grow our voice and support us. Patriot Mobile wants you as a customer. They grow their profits. They spend more on the conservative movement. They grow their profits by having more customers. They want you, and you don't have to worry about the quality of service or the coverage because they use the same towers everybody else uses, and they'll give you good discounts for being a member of them. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You get free activation with my name, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Or you can call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. They're a great company of Christian conservatives. They share your values. They want you as their customer. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. Happy to take your phone calls. Netflix has lost subscribers for the first time. A significant loss of subscribers. Its stock has crashed. I got to tell you, uh, I... I have a lot of streaming service subscriptions. Netflix has become the one we use the least in our house. I love um, um, somebody feed Phil, and I love Chef's Table. I like to cook. I love those documentaries. They're really good. If you've never seen Chef's Table on Netflix, it's worth it if you got the subscription, but it's not worth it. If you don't have the subscription, the shows that I liked most on Netflix have now moved off to other other services. Disney now has all the Marvel stuff, the the Daredevil, uh, the Punisher, uh, the like. They're going to bring them back. Uh, Daredevil was in the new Spider-Man movie, clearly signaling they're they're sticking with Charlie Cox as Daredevil, and and that's the actor. Uh, it's I'm excited by that. I, I Moon Knight on the Disney Plus service I like. Um, it, it's been very intriguing to watch. I'm concerned about Disney, obviously. By the way, while we're sitting here talking, the Florida Senate has just voted to get rid of the Reedy Creek Tax Improvement District uh, down there. It's a punishment to Disney for sticking its nose in Florida's business. Um, but I'm not sure that Netflix. I, I, I don't know about their plan. Their their original stuff, I don't know that it's that great. They're losing money on some of the people they paid to come up with new ideas for them. So now they're considering an advertising tier. So you can get Netflix, but you'll also see advertising. So in other words, you're going to get cable TV from Netflix. At some point, it just feels like we're going to go back to cable TV of some kind. Because it's very bizarre to have all of these, all this content being pumped out from all of these these services. But the bigger problem with Netflix and its original content at this point is they've gone so woke. Every, it seems like every TV show, every movie, you got to have X number of black characters, X number of Asian characters, X number of gay characters, X number of transgender characters. They're all humorless people. And it's all very, very weird. It's all social justice, and uh, I mean, look, the, the new Batman movie, the, the Warner Brothers movie, I've started watching it, and 
there are some some social justice overtones in it, and it's like Hollywood is so disconnected from America. They've bought into wokeism and social justice. They're ruining their own films these days to to placate the itches of progressive. I mean, look, uh, Bob Chapek, the CEO of Disney, is about to uh, lose a significant benefit that Disney has in Florida because he threw in with the wokes in Hollywood. It wasn't even Florida employees staging walkouts by and large. It was the wokes of Hollywood who demand adherence to their ideology, and they're ruining Fortune 500 companies as as a result of it. Uh, They should pay attention to this. Now, when we come back, Democrats are coming after your kid's charter school.